Revelation chapter 20, and we're going to read verse 11 to 14. It says, And I saw a great throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the, looks were, uh, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the de- and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And uh, I guess if I was going to give a title tonight, I would give, uh, What Would Your Verdict Be? Kind of a long title. But anyway, this is uh, talking about judgment. The judgment at the... at the end of time, or at the end of uh, time as we understand it, at the end of the world, uh, whenever God is going to wipe away everything, and He's going to judge everybody. And He's going to bring them forth. That's what the Scripture is talking about. It said He's in a white, uh, great white throne. And it says that, uh, it said, saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, which was... An, uh, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the books according to their works. Now, what's, what's saying here is that God is going to judge everybody at, at, the, at the end. Everybody will be judged according to what is written in the books. And uh, it says that the book of uh, the Lamb's book of life is there. Uh, It. As it says that it, uh, the book of life, more specifically. Sorry, lost my place. Uh, anyway, so everybody's going to be judged, and according to the works that were written in the books. So uh, we come to understand that the difference in this here is that that everybody's going to stand before God. We understand that, and that they're going to be judged according to the works that's been done. And then there's the book of life which is those that are written that were uh, those that have been given their life to Christ, that have accepted Christ as their Savior, are written in that book of life. But they will find them, we will all find ourselves standing before God one day. And the question was, is what is, your, what is your verdict or what will be your verdict? And that is, will you be able to stand before God confidently in this moment and trust in the salvation of Christ? Trust that you have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. And I found it interesting. I, I listened. I heard a thing today. A man was preaching and he, he was talking about another man's vision that he had. And that it was uh, referred to uh, as a, uh, a hell-bound train. And this man had a vision that he got to go on. That, uh, that he was on this train that was bound for hell. And it was plumb full of passengers. This man was a minister of some sort. And... Uh, he got to talk with individuals on that train. And I found this really interesting, uh, what he was talking about, because it gives a good depiction, I believe, of what hell is. So uh, we're going to talk about uh, 
the consequences or what may uh, an interesting uh, depiction of what possibly hell will be like uh, so that we understand the consequences of not knowing whether or not we will be able to stand confidently that we are saved or whether or not we will be judged like everybody else. And it says, uh, but he goes on to say that he was uh, on this train and was interviewing these people. And the first one that he went to, uh, he came to a man that was uh, sitting there. And he said that he, he I don't remember exactly how he, he talked about it, but it, he, he kind of understood that this man was Cain from, from the uh, Old Testament story of Cain and Abel, right? And Cain was on that train. And he got to talking to him and he was talking about, uh, this man was talking about how that the torment of what he was dealing with was that his, his brother's blood continued to cry out. That he was just wanting the, he wanted the blood to quit crying. And that when we read in the scripture in Genesis that he was talking about that uh, uh, God came to Cain and said, where is, where is Abel? And uh, he said, am I my brother's keeper? And he goes on to say, uh, God says, well, why your brother's blood cries out to me. I can't remember exactly the how it's The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me from the ground. Yeah. So what torment that Cain dealt with or could possibly have been dealing with, and I don't know that all of these, it's, it's more of a good depiction of what the, the possibility of the torment would be of hell uh, rather than did these men actually go to hell. So keep that in context. I'm not saying Cain went to hell. I'm not saying any of these men went to hell. I don't know. This was just a vision that God showed this man. And that the one of the torments was that Cain continually uh, dealt with the fact that he could hear his brother's blood crying out. So that very sin that he committed, that very thing that he uh, did to... Uh, to sin against God, continued to cry out to him. And he goes on to talk about, and, and other goes through other Bible characters and uh, uh, that, we, that we've read about, and one of them being, uh, one of them being Lot's wife. And, and he said that as he came up to this woman, her, uh, said she was kind of twisted in a, in a grotesque shape to where uh, her head was kind of cocked sideways, and she would try to straighten it out but every time she would straighten it out, it would snap back. Her head would twist back behind her and uh, said that the, given the depiction that because she was leaving Sodom and Gomorrah and she looked back to that thing that she desired. Mm. She looked back to that country, to that city that she lived in. She looked back to all the great things that they had. She looked back to her nice house her nice uh, friends, all of that. And she looked back at that because she was commanded of God not to look back, commanded by the angels not to look back. So what the depiction was is that her torment was to constantly have to be looking back, constantly no, not able to straighten her head because her punishment, her sin that she committed was looking back. And the one that most powerfully stuck out to me that uh, really captured my attention that I believe we deal with a lot in this day and age was that they, he came across a man and uh, I forget who it was, what character, what person of the Bible this was supposed to be uh, off the top of my head now, but the man had a, had a gold bar in his hand. 
and that gold bar was uh, was extremely hot, white hot. It was just extremely hot burning him. And he was trying to throw it, and he, he wouldn't go away. It would just stick to his hand. As he would throw it, it would stay. And if he tried to peel it off, it would burn his other hand. And he would just scream in torment, trying to throw this gold away. Get away from I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need it. And trying to get rid of this gold because this man, I forget, like I said, I forget which one it was in the Bible, but this man had great wealth and desired great wealth, desired things, desired different stuff. And uh, so I just thought about that and I thought about how we view all this stuff in this world and the things that we do and we, we, don't, un, we don't even consider the consequences. And I know that a lot of our teaching that we've done has been a lot about the grace and the mercies of God, but there is a judgment of God that will come. Yeah. There will come a time that we will stand before a righteous and holy God and give an account for how we lived our life on this earth. What did we do with the gift of Christ? What did we do with the blood of Jesus that was supposed to cleanse our sin? Did we accept that or did we ignore it? And that some of these people that, uh, that uh, have been in the Bible, some of these people were uh, uh, men and women of God. Uh, he, he said that on there he's seen King Saul on, on that train. And, uh, but everybody knows that King Saul was, uh, was appointed by God, but he, he lifted himself up to, to be uh, greater than he needed to be. He, he thought himself to be so powerful that he was able to go and perform the work of a priest. And then God judged him because of that, took his kingdom away. And uh, so these may have been men and women that have been appointed by God. And that's a good image of what it is, what hell is full of. Hell is full of people, full of good people, full of people that once knew God, but denied and turned away from him for simple things, such as, uh, uh, for example, like Cain, he murdered his brother. And we know that in the New Testament, under the New Covenant, Jesus said that if you, if you hate your brother, then that is the same as murdering. And then it, we can destroy people with how we talk about them. We can destroy people with the words that we use and the way that we describe people. So we never understand, we never consider, rather, the consequences of what it means to sin against God. Because it may just so happen that we actually live for eternity being tormented by that very thing that we chose over God, right? I mean, I, I'm not saying that's how it's going to be, but it's a very interesting point of view of what it would be. Just like that man uh, that had that block of gold, if you decide that you would rather have riches of this world over Christ, might just so happen that the very thing that you desired is the very thing that torments you in hell. And the very thing that, uh, that pulled you away from Christ, pulled you away from salvation, is the thing that you can't get away from mm-hmm. after knowing. And that's a, that's a very interesting uh, idea that, I, that was presented or that vision that came to that man because we understand that the Scripture said that, uh, that everybody is going to be judged. And it says, though... and the. And it says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. In verse 15 it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So 
Interestingly enough, as it talks about that everybody will be judged according to their works, right? And we've talked a lot about how it doesn't matter how much, uh, how much we perform all the things we do. Salvation's not by works, but it's simply by faith. Well, that's because the, the, the scripture is referring to those that are not in the book of life. Because it just says that those that, that whosoever was not found in the, in the written, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Those people that have not been written, had their names written in the book of life, are those that have not accepted Christ. Are those that did not, did not fully accept the salvation and the, the price that Jesus paid. And these people will be judged according to their works. And we've been talking about it a lot over the, over the weeks that we, will, we cannot achieve good enough works to be accepted by God, right? We can't do enough good things. We can't say enough prayers. We can't fast enough. We can't, uh, we can't give enough money. We can't do anything to be accepted of God. But we just simply have to be found written in that book of life, right? So we need to examine ourselves and, and, and understand that our consequences of our sin, the consequences of how we act on this earth may very well Follow us beyond death. If we do not fully understand what Christ did. If we don't understand that His blood cleansed us. That His blood uh, cleansed our life from sin. And that His resurrection gave us new life. That we, uh, that we may stand before God. Or we will stand before God one day. And we may be judged for the works that we have performed and that would be an awfully, uh, an awfully terrible thing. I don't know about y'all, but I've done some pretty bad things in my life. And I sure would hate to have to be tormented the rest of eternity for those bad things that I've done. For the things that I've said, or the things that I've seen, or the things that I've, uh, that I've done. Whatever it may be, uh, that would be a pretty horrible way to spend the rest of eternity burning in a lake of fire, being tormented by the very thing that separated you from the grace of God, that, that pulled you away from being, uh, being a servant of Christ to accepting the gift that God gave us and denying Him and accepting punishment instead. So we need to, uh, I believe tonight, we really need to examine whether or not we can stand boldly before God. Because if you can't stand, if you can't, if you, for example, if you was to die on the way home tonight, do you know that you could stand before God in that moment and confidently say, I have accepted Christ. He has paid my, he had paid the debt that I owed and that my name is written in that book of life. If you cannot confidently say that, I know we hear brother uh, Roy do this, say this all the time. But if you can't confidently say that I could stand there knowing that Jesus took my place, that Jesus paid that price, then you do not, then you may find yourself being judged according to your works. You may find yourself receiving judgment rather than mercy. You may find yourself receiving the consequences rather than a gift, uh, the gift of salvation. So, Look, at, look into your own life. Look into your, uh, 
your relationship with God, your relationship with Christ now, and, and examine yourself. That's really what this is about. It's not necessarily about to scare you, but it's more about to make you, uh, help you to understand that there is consequences for disobeying God, right? There are consequences, and those consequences will be dealt eternally. That there will be no relief from them. That man that that that, uh, that would not let go of the gold. Uh, another interesting one was uh, he came across Judas, who had a bag of money that he could not get rid of because that money was what he sold Jesus for. Could you imagine spending the rest of your life knowing that you have, or spending all of eternity being bound to something? that you chose over Christ. Whether that be money, whether that be fame, whether that be acceptance of friends, whether that be uh, drugs or alcohol, whatever it may be, can you imagine being stuck with that for eternity, knowing that if you would have just given it away, (coughs) excuse me, knowing that if you would have just given it away while you were alive, that you would be with Christ rather than in hell being stuck with what it is that you're being uh, that you chose over him. So, uh, let's just examine ourselves, like I said this night, and really ask yourself, would you be able to stand before God? Could, could you confidently die tonight knowing where you would go? Is that something you think you could do? Is that something you think you could have no problem with? Nobody wants to die. Don't give me your heart. But if, just for the the sake of the lesson, could you die tonight and be satisfied with what you've done? Be satisfied with your relationship with Christ. And if not, I think we need to pray. If not, you can change that. It's simple faith. Not something that we do. We don't start being better people, right? Because these people here... The people being judged were not perfect, and the people written in the book of life were not perfect. The only difference between the two were the people written in the book of life accepted Christ, accepted His salvation, accepted His work that He done, accepted that gift. And it's by faith that we trust Him. And if you have a relationship, you truly have accepted Him, God will begin to do a work in you. He will make the way that you can't see Him.